in consideration of the question, what do we know about the omnipotence of God from the Bible? We were reading those passages of Scripture relating to the names of God which set forth His almighty power. We continue with songs of praise that the redeemed one shall sing in the future blessings of heaven. In Revelation chapter 15 and verses 2 to 4, we read these words, And I saw, as it were, a sea of glass mingled with fire, and them that had gotten the victory over the beast, and over his image, and over his mark, and over the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God. And they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, and the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvelous are thy works, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are thy ways, thou King of saints. Who shall not fear thee, O Lord, and glorify thy name? For thou only art holy. For all nations shall come and worship before thee. For thy judgments are made manifest. And continuing in chapter 19 and verses 5 to 9. And a voice came out of the throne, saying, Praise our God, all ye his servants, and ye that fear him, both small and great. And I, I heard, as it were, the voice of a great multitude, and as the voice of many waters, and as the voice of mighty thundering, saying, Alleluia, for the Lord God omnipotent reigneth. Let us be glad and rejoice, and give honor to him, for the marriage of the Lamb is come, and his wife hath made herself ready. And to her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. And he said unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. The Lamb's wife is the church, those who are saved. And this occasion is the glorious heavenly reunion of the church with their blessed master. In the 19th chapter and verses 14 to 16, we read about the multitudes of earth who shall someday know by terrifying judgments what the real power of Almighty God is. As the glorified Lord Jesus returns to earth to dethrone all rebellion and set up his righteous rule, and the armies which were in heaven followed him upon white horses, clothed in fine linen, white and clean. And out of his mouth goeth a sharp sword, that with it he should smite the nations, and he shall rule them with a rod of iron. And he treadeth the winepress of the fierceness and wrath of Almighty God. And he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. This tremendous summary of the great profound being of God and the great almighty power that resides within his profound personality. In Revelation chapter 21 and verse 22, we read about the saints of God as they forever in heaven, in the city of God and in the presence of God and the Lord Jesus Christ shall sing praises to God and shall have the portion of the presence of the Lord. All those who have repented of sin and have found forgiveness through the Savior's humiliation and death. And I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb 
are the temple of it. And so we have the Bible's declaration of the mighty power of God. Let us consider in the second place that the servants of God have been led into such an inexpressible concept of the greatness and power of God, which testifies to its reality. We go back to Genesis chapter 18 and verse 14, where the angelic messengers appeared to Abraham with the promise of the long-awaited heir of God's many promises to him. And although he and Sarah were past the age of childbearing, a wonderful question is proposed to inspire their faith to believe God. In the 14th chapter, in verse 14, Is there anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed I will return unto thee according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Job prevailed through the sorrows and disappointments of his life to form a true concept of God's greatness. As we read in the 42nd chapter of the book of Job and verses 1 and 2. Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that thou canst do everything and that no thought can be withholden from thee. So here was the confidence that God could do everything. In the 93rd Psalm, in verses 1 to 4, we read of the, that the psalmist set forth the majestic power of God. The Lord reigneth. He is clothed with majesty. The Lord is clothed with strength, wherewith he hath girded himself. The world also is established, and it cannot be moved. Thy throne is established of old. Thou art from everlasting. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lifted up their waves. The Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters, yea, than the mighty waves of the sea. And so man's faith instinctively looks up to God as the supreme ruler and the wise benefactor of the whole universe. As we read further in Psalm 115 and verse 3, But our God is in the heavens. He hath done whatsoever he hath pleased. The great God with his unbounding energy is nevertheless clothed by his wonderful personality. The discouraged prophet Jeremiah, with his unpopular message, rose to heights of confidence as he served God, to whom nothing was too hard, and therefore the God of all flesh would overcome all obstacles. In the 32nd chapter and verses 16 to 19, we read, I prayed unto the Lord, saying, Ah, Lord God, behold, thou hast made the heaven and the earth by thy great power and stretched out arm, and there is nothing too hard for thee. Thou showest loving kindness unto thousands and recompense the iniquity of the fathers into the bosom of their children after them. The great and the mighty God, the Lord of hosts, is his name great in counsel and mighty in work, for thine eyes are open upon all the ways of the sons of men, to give to everyone according to his ways and according to the fruit 
of his doings. What a collection of tremendous terms. The great, the mighty God, the Lord of hosts is his name. And in verse 26, Then came the word of the Lord to Jeremiah, saying, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? And here we have this great encouraging statement, the great confidence that Jeremiah had in the profound power of God. As we come to the New Testament, we find that an angel had visited Mary about her being chosen as the one through whom the world's Savior was to be born. Her faith in the possibility of this miraculous conception was inspired by a profound summary of the greatness of God, as we read about in the first chapter of Luke, verse 37. For with God nothing shall be impossible. What a profound summary of the greatness of God. In Matthew chapter 19 and verses 23 to 26, we read concerning our Lord Jesus, who had just had the disappointing experience in seeing the rich young ruler turn his back on the way of salvation, he refused to repent and forsake his riches as the Lord Jesus Christ had pled with him. And so he turned to instruct his disciples on the seriousness and rigid requirements of salvation. Apart from the moving presence of the Holy Spirit, no one would ever be saved. He then made the all-inclusive statement about the power of God. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So nothing shall be withheld from the possible functionings and carrying out of God that is within the realm of divine possibility. All things are possible with God. And so we have this accumulation of description in the Bible on the power of God. And this is in accordance with our expectations from all the tremendous things that we see about. Thus the Bible inspires the concept that God is able to bring to pass whatever are the subjects and the objects of his will. God is omnipotent, or he is all-powerful. Nothing shall fail to be done for want of divine energy. There are other considerations that limit the outflow of the great energy of God, which shall be discussed at length in future messages but nothing within the realm of the possible as dictated by the wisdom and will of God shall lack the power of fulfillment. Thus the Bible sets forth the great God, the creator of the universe, the sustainer of the universe, the benefactor of man, the Jehovah to the nation of Israel, the tender shepherd of the sheep. Thus the Bible sets forth this wonderful God, as unbounding in power, as without limitation as to his divine energy, that whatsoever 
the wisdom and will and intelligence of God would dictate God is able to fulfill. How tender then should our hearts be towards such a God. We should be like the psalmist and hide behind and beneath the tremendous promises of God and the tremendous being of God. We should come to such a God by way of repentance and find wonderful salvation that has been promised. Our Heavenly Father, we do return thanks to Thee indeed for these continued scriptures which set forth the great days that are going to come. How we thank Thee that all Thy true children shall someday be brought into Thy full presence and shall comprehend more of Thy greatness and shall sing praises from their very hearts and worship Thee without limitation. May many this day prepare themselves for this great worship by turning from the ways of sin, finding forgiveness in the mercy of God, and entering into this heavenly relationship forevermore. In Jesus' name, our Savior. Amen.